Hi folks, I'm Wound Care Karen. I love being a nurse and I have a passion for wound care. I want to inspire nurses, educate patients, and have a little fun along the way. Now May is Nurses Month. We celebrated Florence Nightingale's birthday on May 12th. So I can't think of a better time to explore the history of nursing. Now it's a huge topic, so I've invited my good friend and nurse colleague, Masa Karazi, to help. Masa, welcome, and thanks so much for helping me study this important topic. It's so good to be back. I love hanging out with you, and I, more than that, love nursing. Um, well, I can't say I love nursing more than you, but it's pretty top tier. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much a tie on the on the top rung. I, this is a, you're right. It's such a huge topic. It's such an important topic, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad to be here with you to help pick it apart and share what we found with the rest of these folks. Awesome. So let me just start right off by by defining the word nursing, the practice of nursing, because historically it's been defined as like providing care for the sick and infirm. And often, you know, when people think of us nurses, they picture us taking care of sick people injured people, babies, old folks, etc. But nurses, we also promote good health, like even in healthy individuals. Like, for example, think about a community health nurse who provides immunizations or occupational health nurse who does like pre-employment physicals and testing and keeps the employees up to date with their immunizations and stuff. So nursing is more than just caring for sick and infirm. It's also promoting good health behaviors in the community. I really don't think it's an overgeneralization to say simply that nursing is caring, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mm -hmm. or caregiving, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest here and say that I personally also think, this is my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think it's inherent in most women. Mm, Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's my opinion that most mothers, or or good mothers at least, are nurses. Yeah. Mothers are just, they just naturally take care of their little ones and Mm -hmm. the whole family, really, Mm -hmm. right? Their moms, their dads, you know, their husbands. They nurse them back to health when Mm -hmm. they get sick. They keep them healthy, etc. And even to those of us who have struggled with postpartum depression or these things don't come very naturally to mm-hmm. us off the get-go mm-hmm. somewhere along the way we learn yes it, it we adapt to it or if we don't have it in us we find uh, our village to envelop us and and give us the tools and resources we can right. to teach us the ways that may right. not be so um what's the word i'm looking for the innate innate or, yeah. or just mm-hmm. you know just, just something naturally. that yeah, yeah you know it's not organic to everyone but it, and it's not not always women, but it, it is a what we can think of as historically of rather feminine, so to speak, right. uh, quality. Right, because who helps you know postpartum mothers that are struggling? Mm-hmm. Other mothers. Mm-hmm. And That's nurses, true. You know. That's so, true. Again, it's just a it's quite a sisterhood. We'll get into all of that, I'm sure. The sisterhood. No. Okay. <laughs> so you know, essentially, you know, the practice of nursing. I mean, it's been around since the dawn of mankind. I think so. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But before we get into the the actual history of nursing. I want to be really upfront and forthright um, because my my audience has grown. It's become quite international. So I do want to address some um, elephants in the room. So, you know, I, I grew up in America and I'm English speaking. So the majority of my research for today's topic, it's actually, it's very Anglo-centric. Let's be honest. It's mm-hmm. It largely focuses on Europe, the United Kingdom and North America. And so that's, I'm, I do not mean to say that nursing history doesn't extend to, you know, China or Africa or, you know, New Zealand and all Japan the rest of the world and 
the history of indigenous peoples from around them. But you know what? I really appreciate that you bring this up Mm -hmm. because um, it it shows to another aspect of your um, of nursing, which is Mm -hmm. being able to have uh, a wider scope of vision to the people that you care for. Yes. So it's not just culturally uh, ethnocentric just because that's xenophobic. Right. No, no, no. It's not. That's what I'm saying. It's like Mm -hmm. kudos to you for bringing up that this is your particular bias by nature of your experience and exposure. Um, but that's not to say that that the scope of what we're going to be talking about it, is, is exactly. confined to all of that. So don't, we're not leaving anybody out. Right, right. I certainly don't mean to. It's just, you know, to be honest, the history that I found, you know, when you do a, an internet search, the history that I find was written mostly by, well, let's be honest, white men, right? Mm. You know, so we I'm have to surprised. take that for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, just just moving forward, I just want to be really open and honest about that and cognizant that our view is actually very, very limited. Mm -hmm. And if you guys out there who are listening have something to add or have something Mm -hmm. from a different point of view, please let us know. We are hungry to learn everything out there that we don't know. What You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I loved doing this research. Like, I learned so much. I just think it's fascinating. So, yes, please tell me more about the history of nursing in your culture, in your community, in your peoples, you know. All right. Um, And you know what's a good point is that um – (laughs) <laughs> just as we're coming on the heels of saying that this is all a lot of this is rather Eurocentric and whatnot and Anglocentric um, in ancient Egypt. There we okay, go. Okay, which some people might consider like the Fertile Crescent area and the, where the like the ground ground zero for humanity, where all the brown people are from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dark dark skinned folks. <laughs> right. Um, so this is ancient Egypt. We're talking about their pantheon. Mm-hmm. We're um, uh, looking at these this this history right that we've all been exposed to pyramids mm-hmm. and whatnot mm-hmm. um, some of the earliest recorded history of women as healers is from ancient Egypt about 3000 BC 3000 3000 that's so ancient yes over 5000 right. years ago right that's so right cool. right so, and priestesses of Isis, now this is Isis the goddess, not the not new the terrorist. No, 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 okay. whatever that is. But it, it, they're not named after each other. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Isis was a legitimate goddess in the ancient e- Egyptian pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, these priestesses of Isis were regarded as healers who mm-hmm. obtained their powers from the goddess Isis herself. So she would, uh, they viewed their goddess as an actual, not just some mythical thing, but this mm-hmm. is something that they could have a direct relationship and that relationship imbued them with these abilities to heal. Love it. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yes. I lo- you know, we get our inspiration from all sources, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they got their inspiration from the goddess Isis. That's awesome. Yeah, and it wasn't just men, but it was men and women. Cool. Um, cool. That could be regarded as healers. So it's it, it was a much different uh, view. Egalitarian. Yes. Imagine it was, that. Right. It wasn't gender-centric as, you know, it's amazing, huh? And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then so unfortunately, we're going to move forward to ancient Greece uh, or parallel. It was illegal for women to practice medicine or healing. Um, so in 400 BC, so we're coming a couple of thousand and a half years okay. from there, um, a woman named Agnodici disguised herself as a man to attend training and practice as a midwife. I love 
So what does that also remind you of, right? How many women throughout history have added such valuable works and advances in all of the industries? Yes. But they had to pretend to be men to do it. by disguising themselves as men. Yeah, that's so cool. So so this Agna Dici, she she had to, you know, uh, do the Mulan thing to to get the training, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, her male colleague were so jealous of her popularity and the following that she accumulated and accused her of seducing her patients. So like, oh, oh, so look at the slut, right? Oh, because, okay, because they thought she was a man. Right. And she would have female clients. So they're thinking he, quote, uh-huh. you know, he is seducing uh-huh. women to come to him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. like, of course. Like he's that. a Romeo over here. Meanwhile, right. she's like, okay, look, this is what you do with your boobs. I got oh him, t- you know? So um, during the trial, she lifted her shirt to reveal that she was indeed a woman. So the charge was changed to illegally practicing medicine as a woman. Oh, I love. Okay, so they brought her to trial for Mm -hmm. seducing women. Yeah. Right, again, because they think she's a man. Right. But then she's like, no. I'm not, because I am a woman. And they're like, well, double poo-poo on you. Yes, not you're, only you're are still you... still in trouble you're, because it's illegal. Something oh you're doing gosh. is illegal. You can't be too good at this. Oh, my god! How's that? Oh so, uh, but, but the women of Athens vigorously defended her effective treatment. Mm-hmm. So she was acquitted and the law was changed. Oh, my God. So... Like, how amazing, how, uh, you know, uh, totally odd. Right, it's power in numbers. It's like we were talking about when we were talking about Nurses Union in a previous podcast, right, it's power in numbers. Yeah, yeah. So all of her, you know, her female clients, of course, she's a midwife, so all all of her clients. They uh, came to bat for her. Love it. And they defended her successfully, which is almost unheard of. That's awesome. You know, you don't hear something like that as powerful as that as far as women banding together to get actual policy changed until women's Suffrage is one thing that comes to mind. Right, right. You know, but uh, very often when women band together, very easily squashed and put aside. And then there's extra laws to keep them down. Right. So this is very impressive. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agna Dici. Oh, that's awesome. Agna Dici. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's... Fast forward, let's get in our time machine now and go to early Christian times. So in 50 AD, a woman named Phoebe Mm -hmm. was commissioned by Paul, of course, St. Paul, eventually, uh, to go to Rome and spread the gospel. So she was a deaconess of the church, and she just naturally provided care to sick travelers and orphans and strangers in her own home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and seeing her do that, many other Christian leaders, both, both men and women, simply, you know, followed in her footsteps they did the same thing they provided care to the sick and infirm yes bringing them into their own homes yes or or going into their homes traveling throughout towns right. and villages and then eventually um fast forward another 300 years in 325 ad there was actually now a decree for a construction of hospitals mm-hmm. in all of the cathedral towns mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. as Caesarea and Constantinople. Mm-hmm. Those are cities in, uh, in just modern day Israel and Turkey. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Those hospitals included housing for doctors and nurses. Yep. How, uh, that's just so awesome yep. to me. That Live where you work. Yes. Be yeah. on call. Be <laughs> immersed in. Right? So, but yeah, it, it, at that time, which I find is very interesting, because when I had done um, my history in uh, theological studies, mm-hmm. um, Phoebe came about as, um, it depends on 
who's doing the teaching, whether she's getting a a good rep or a bad rep. Mm. You know what I mean? Either she's the lady who talked too loud and, uh uh-huh, and um, there was, I can't remember if it was her and someone else, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, whoever's out there, but it may be because of a quarrel between her and another or or it may have been two other women that ended up becoming the basis by why women were no longer allowed to take part actively in leadership in churches or speaking oh, okay. roles in churches okay. versus the ones who recognized her as being kind of one of these foundational Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who brought the gospel and brought the idea of healing and charity as part of the Christian right. um, livelihood, yes. lifestyle. Like yes. this is, our life is dedicated towards service and this is one of the foundational ways to serve and it harkens back to the, you know, red letter words of Christ. Yes, you know, Christianity uh, is caregiving. Yes. Yes, caring for the sick. Right, awesome. exactly, awesome. the least of these and all that. So I just thought that was very, very interesting. Wow. The well, very of course cool. Phoebe would get a bad rap you know she- <laughs> you gotta be named after a moon <laughs> <laughs> all right so in 800 then 800 okay. ad there was a hospital uh an islamic hospital in tunisia yes and it actually had male nurses for male patients and female nurses oh, for female patients i love it i know that is I love so it. awesome because you know uh in islam islam mm-hmm. it, there's that uh, what some people can think of is a disrespectful such separation of men and women. But if you know about the religion, it's it's it makes sense right, for right. them. And it's about, you know, being um, respectful. A, a, it's respectful, but also yes. it's accountability. Yes. So, I guess I you know agree. what I yes. mean? And so it doesn't mean that women get less education. It just means they get the equal ed- education and specific for who their audience is, which yes. I found very valuable. Right. Okay. Then around the same time, maybe 100 years later, by 900 then a lot of convents and monasteries provided care for those mm-hmm. who needed again just part of that you know christian teaching mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much of the middle ages this history of nuns providing care they it just continued so keep in mind the term nurses they weren't called nurses yet the term nurses wasn't used mm-hmm. they were actually called sisters mm-hmm. right because that's what they're they not were. Yeah. <laughs> right so that's why in many other countries the term sister is actually synonymous with nurse yes the term nurse didn't become prevalent until much later probably during the 1800s and it's it's actually derived from the term wet nurse yeah right which we all know what that is that's a woman who would breastfeed a child yes whose mother was either ill or died you know during childbirth so or that bougie was, oh, there you right yeah. right or could afford it right yes. yeah so that's where the term nurse came it's actually you know part of that word mm-hmm. wet nurse mm-hmm. i love that's, that's so cool well my boys are learning um german at the moment oh so uh, when my youngest son was learning the word for nurse, because he knows mommy's a nurse, mm-hmm. he said, Mom, did you know that <laughs> the direct, like, literal translation for, and I can't say the German word, but it... Krankenschwester. Okay. What it, and what does that literally translate to? Sick sister. Yes. <laughs> and so my boys, because they know mom's got a dark sense of humor, right. so they were like, Mom, guess what you are? <laughs> Krankenschwester. You yeah, bet. a sick sister. You know, so a sister who took care of the sick. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool. I love, again, you know I love etymology. So, yeah, I love... Say it again. 
Etymology. I love it when you say it. So yeah, I think I think that's really cool, and it also it brings to mind a television show I watch, uh, Call the Midwife. <gasps> oh. Right, I think it's on PBS. I love it, and because they're sisters, right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, nuns. Uh, half of them are nuns. Half of them are they're not nuns. They're certified nurse midwives, and they all work together though. Yeah, you know, so the they're sisters like... and nurses, and and it's set in like the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. You know, yeah. they keep bringing it forward each season, and it's awesome. If you haven't watched it yet, I strongly so recommend good. Like anyone in healthcare and any mother, any female should mm-hmm. watch Call mm-hmm. the Midwife. It's mm-hmm. on PBS, so it's free for you. Just just watch it. Start at the beginning and watch it. Mm-hmm. And you'll just you'll fall in love with the characters. They're mm-hmm. three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. It touches on just so many great topics. So national yeah. healthcare system from yes, England, yes. the post-war environment coming from the start of the the show where it was like right after World War II. Yes, and and everything, you know. All of polio it. Polio and social rape stuff. And racial, yes. Absolutely. Is, Even, awesome. uh, what is it? There was one episode that affected me very deeply. It was the one where she was an intersex woman. Yes. And she didn't know until she couldn't get pregnant. Yes. It's very interesting, the, the sentiments that were expressed during that time. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Watch it. Call the midwife. Yes. All right. Now, I know we're talking about nursing history, but a very important change was also happening in medicine during the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. So now before like the 13th century, at least in the Western world, Again, very Anglo-centric here. There were very few medical schools, okay? Very few medical schools. But because of increase in travel and specifically contact with the Arab world, Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. and more medical schools were starting to open in Europe. Yeah. But of course, what was application limited to? Male Christians or Catholics, depending on the school or church it was affiliated with. Right. Yeah. Get those loud Dumb women, half brain females out of here. <laughs> Barefoot and go make me a potato and give me a baby <laughs> that I won't talk to or care about. So the Protestant Reformation of the 1500s then mm-hmm. was very damaging to public health because it effectively shut down the convents and monasteries that were caring for the sick. Devastating, right? I mean, a few of the buildings were converted to yeah. government-run hospitals, yeah. but most were literally shut down wow. because of the Protestant Reformation. Wow. So nuns and friars, they were essentially cloistered, you know, or, or they actually yeah. went into hiding, and it left a, a huge void of caregivers. Yeah. You know, so where did the sick go? Where did the poor go, right? Where they've always gone, to their village people, right? Right, yeah. right. So, or not <laughs> left to die in the it, it just yeah it left it just left a huge void that's yeah, for did. sure yeah so you know a lot of women of you know lower socioeconomic status right. unsuitable for other work they actually took the place then of nuns and friars so they oh. were actually forced essentially kind of like almost indentured servitude right sure sure um, to to take care of sick people not yeah. that they necessarily wanted to but because they weren't qualified for any other kind of work right and unfortunately patient care suffered yes you know because yeah. again it, now it wasn't being where's done the in the name of christianity exactly where's the training where's the training and where's the the mission the the, right. the purpose right. right the the investment into your per, your personal investment into your yes. work yes it, it, it this wasn't a career you know yeah. this was something they were again forced to do because they weren't qualified for any other kind of oh work. what's the word i'm looking for it's a calling right it true yeah nursing is a calling. yeah right. but and so is you know religious work that's yes. that's a calling so yes. when you're someone who is you know a devotee of a whatever religion it may be mm-hmm. that in, uh, introduces a healing service as integral to that kind 
kind of fabric, yes. then, you know, your investment is a form of worship. And there's, yes. you know, the, that's the kind of uh, calling that it is when, when you don't have that same kind of uh, devotion and, and, mm-hmm. um, and personal investment to it, then yeah, the quality of the healthcare suffers. Right, for sure. And we see it today, too. Unfortunately, yes. It is yes. unfortunate. All right. So where does that bring us? Okay, well. Where do you think so it would? We just <laughs> left. So we left about the 1500s. Where do you so. think that would leave us when it comes to me? I'm going to talk about witches. <laughs> do you think I'm not going to talk about witches? I was hoping you would. <laughs> 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 because okay, so we've we've got this departure from uh, the Catholic Church, yes, right, and there's the Protestant Reformation, and mm-hmm. then there's all this re- religious zealotry, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but what did I say before? Where when when all of them left, where would they go? Where they've always gone to their local healing person in their village, mm-hmm. right? So these are the people who have always these are the women who have always um, been around and been handed down this knowledge generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to that um, statement that uh, a lot of this is uh, Eurocentric and Anglocentric, now this can be applied to the entirety of the globe, regardless of the culture. It This is going to adapt into the specifics of the region and the culture that uh, it happens in. But what's consistent is that there are women and men who mm-hmm. are who take up a, a local healing roles yes, yes. Um, to birth the babies, to use the resources in their natural environment that have been handed down to them from the previous generations. Mm-hmm. Who uh, they're used, uh, Just about in every culture, you can see uh, healers that come from a line of healers. There's a yes. familial line of healers because these these knowledges are passed down through that familial line mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. to use in your environment how to prepare it and what it'll do right and that's what's happening right much of it unwritten again right. like exactly. you said just passed down literally you know mouth yeah yes just yes just words. within practice just mm-hmm. like the like for example the jewish tradition was largely of a verbal and um a tradition that was handed down before anything was ever written down mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. you just did it right um and so who do we what did we these people get called at first locally they would call them their healers mm-hmm. or call you know nana what's her name down the road right, <laughs> you right. know and you trade her a chicken for whatever right or, you know? or shaman or yeah yes i'm sure each culture had yeah. has a different name for their their local healer absolutely mm-hmm. but they all kind of did the same things mm-hmm. And then they were thought, and this is where it does go Eurocentric, is the label of the witch. Mm. Because as that religious zealotry increases and the role of men being the overseer of this... Yes. Has to take away the power. Yep. Um, and dismiss local, uh, quote unquote, pagan, whatever doesn't look like it would be a fit. Right. Well, it <laughs> must be the work of the devil. Yeah, Absolutely. right, right. Because yes. how could yes. something like this work if it isn't, you know, jolling with what we're trying to sell in? Yes. So, yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. so that's where that label comes up, uh, about. Where you don't see it is in other cultures where the, the naturopathic or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, local historical historical and cultural things have been so woven into the fabric of the culture that 
but it's accepted. It was never thought to be right. antithetical to any other introduced religious practice right, from right. the West. Yeah, to, I'm sure the majority of indigenous people uh, before any type of colonization. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes, exactly. I totally agree. Yes. So the and what's interesting is that um, we were I was doing a little bit of a uh, research, and there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up. So Karen, first of all, brought uh, to my attention this incredible incredible article and it's actually a research study that came out of scotland out of uh where is it the edinburgh napier university right love it so in this study you gotta help me out with this um karen to kind of pick this thing apart and the the link um to this article is going to be published in the show notes Mm -hmm. because i'm not going to read the whole article to you you guys are smart you can read but basically the 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 thesis is that um it's bringing out the the history mm-hmm. of specifically to Scotland how these healing women were labeled as witches mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then and then what set to trial and burned and there was a Scotland's witchcraft witchcraft act that uh, lasted about 200 years wow isn't that right yeah so it was legal for them to do that yeah so from like 1563 to 1736 was Insane. the witchcraft act in which what like 4000 yeah it says 4000 people 85% of whom were women Wow, were accused of being witches and were imprisoned and brutally tortured until they confessed their guilt. So it's like one of those things, burn the witch. Right, because again, you know, white Christian men saw them Mm. as a threat. Yes. You know, how dare they heal the sick or, you know, think they can uh, promote health in the community. No, only what I say goes. Right. You know, it uh, it must be the work of the devil because it's not right here in the Bible. You know, exactly. Which is it's not true. Just the twisted thought. Right. Right. So thousands of witches were, you know, burned and drowned and tortured and stoned and tarred and feathered and just ridiculous and many of them many of them Mm -hmm. they truly 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 believe were simply nurses and or midwives and or you know some other type of healer and and that's the important word is the healer Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. before that we were known as nurses we were support uh, we were thought to be healers and the and we would heal people in emotional ways oh yeah as if i was there in the 1500s but you know maybe i was (laughs) yeah but you're right because we still do so much of what we one of the things that I remember in my very first introduction into nursing school in LVN school okay. was that um, the the practice of nursing is a holistic practice now mm-hmm. and holistic just means whole body and that is to know this is what we were saying before we're not just disease minded we're health minded yes. so yes. we're going to look after your mind your mm-hmm. body what's going wrong with it and your heart and your spirit and your environment yes because it's all connected in the way of the nursing thought oh, absolutely that your, it's your all mental health integrated health, sexual health absolutely. social health economic health yes it, yes health is health right you know they're right. like spokes on a wheel one little spoke gets broken you're not healthy it's for the difference reason. between medicine and healthcare. yes right yes exactly. so um and then uh, well that was just a little bit of a tangent so i digress but to bring it back <laughs> to the witches of Scotland. So in that time, there are these uh, two women who, um, I guess, what are they? They're, it's funded by the Royal College of Nursing Foundation Love in Napier. Um, Dr. Ring, mm-hmm. uh, along with midwife Nessa McHugh. I, how? Scottish. Yes. <laughs> Please, I need to find a picture and just hope tell, one of them's a ginger. Tell me you're from Scotland without <laughs> telling me you're from Scotland. I kind of do it. 
<laughs> and a nurse by the name of uh, Rachel Davidson Welch. Mm-hmm. They uh, deep dive. They do more of a deep dive into these individual stories and mm-hmm. uh, documentation. And there's this organization called Support the Witches of Scotland campaign. So we're gonna uh, ask Love all of it. you guys to look into that and give them the support and the um, the light that they right. need, the exposure that they need, so that we can not just apply their efforts to Scotland, but to the rest mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. um, female and nursing world. And, you know, not to exclude our male nurses, because they have a very important part in this, too, right. in their own unique story. And we'll get to that someday. Right. Yeah. So huge campaign mm-hmm. to just, um, you know, shine a spotlight on the miscarriage of justice mm-hmm. and, you know, just the plight of healers, a lot of them women. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So huge campaign going on there. I'm so glad to see that getting a great response. And it's getting a resurgence of uh, there's another woman who is on YouTube that uh, she's a doctor of nursing practice from a university here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. uh, nursing um, college that uh, has a little talk about nursing for non-nurses. And it's very important to listen to because it's, uh, I would consider, and she would argue with me, but <laughs> I can't remember her name. And if I find it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, but I just happened to come across yeah, so, it. Yeah, it's, let me know. I'll link it in the yeah, show Yeah, yeah. It's And she talks about... Um, what caregiving, what nursing for non-nurses looks like. And mm-hmm. it's basically what we do every day. Mm-hmm. It's it's having a systematic approach to the caregiving that you give to your everyday encounters with all kinds of people. Yes. Um, and using the resources that you have around you yes. to accommodate those things. So what is that? That's modern day nursing. Exactly. Or I'm sorry, modern day, modern day witchcraft. <laughs> in, right. a, in, a, in a way, in a way, in and, a way. And I hear it all the time from individuals they say, um, and I'm sure you've heard this too. Oh, I, I could never be a nurse. Oh, you know, thank you so much for what you do. I, I just could never be a nurse. Sure. You and can. and I always say to them, well, aren't you a mother? Yeah. Well, yes, I am. And then I'm, I remind them, I'm like, oh, honey, you're a nurse. You're already a nurse <laughs> and a chauffeur. You've cleaned up and the co- monitor. <laughs> yeah. You've, you know, monitored yeah. the fever. Yeah. You, you know, you are, I'm sorry, but all mothers are nurses. Absolutely. To some extent. And some may have more talent than the other, but yes. talent is very, very small part of, it's largely mm. grit. Yes. Uh, and, and caring, tenacity just, and, and just empathy. Caring. Yes, yeah. empathy. Yes. Compassion is a big part of it. And I think this is one thing that often gets lost is maintaining your uh, sense of self-worth. Because yes. if you can maintain your sense of self-worth, then you teach other people to do that for themselves, mm-hmm. which will enable them to provide that self-care and interest in self-health that they that so many people need that, you know, because non-compliance is such a big part right. of why we have this yeah. big problem. Well, it's, with, just, it's all a part of practicing what we preach. Yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't make sense to preach a you know, a, a diabetic diet to someone if if we ourselves are, you know, are overweight and, you know, having a bag of Fritos in our hand. You know, you know it, what? It, it, just a matter Stop of talking. practicing. <laughs> but also but you're right. showing yeah. our humanity. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yes. and nobody's perfect. Yeah. And you don't need to change your diet 100% by tomorrow. You know, it's No, it's a step. process. If and you see so me as someone who's human. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's sharing your own humanity and, you know, trials and tribulations. Right. It, again, all part of nursing. Right. For sure. For sure. Right. All right, Massa, pop quiz. Oh, God. I'm scared. (laughs) 
All right, so listen, just off off the cuff. When do you think the first nursing school in North America? In North America. Yeah, North America. When do you think the first nursing school was? So that North America, that's like Canada, the what we know as the United States and Mexico. Congratulations, okay. you know geography. I <laughs> went to public school. Oh. <laughs> and some college maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just stalling. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so this is so cool. You're going to love this. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. 1639. Wait, what? Before the birth of our nation? Isn't that so cool? 1639. What? Almost 400 years ago, a group of Canadian <gasps> Augustine nuns. You know. They God, came and they established the first nursing apprenticeship <gasps> in North America. Don't you know? So I love that. So okay. I love so that. Now, That's amazing. Now we're coming up until like the 18th century, which is like the 1700s, of course. So the the history of midwives was largely female, right? Yes. Mostly female. And the male physicians, these, these male doctors, were perfectly, oh, quote unquote, yeah. fine with allowing, quote unquote, the women to take care of womanly problems. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Take your hysteria over there, woman. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but get Get this, get this. So in the 1700s then, Industrial Revolution, right? Forceps and other surgical instruments were becoming popular. Well, how are they going to sell those? And by that, I mean they were being sold <laughs> as surgical instruments to physicians. So now these male doctors started to see the value in making money from births. Oh, wow. So there was this huge pushback against midwives, yeah. against the female midwives. And so the upper escalons of society, mm. they suddenly found it very fashionable, darling, to have a male obstetrician deliver the baby. Oh, my God. Right? With his, his <sighs> up-to-date instruments. Oh, you mean the thing that they got off the, you know, horse husbandry guy? Right, right. Jeez. Right? The forceps, the saws, the... Well, we all know that's how chainsaws came about, right? So, right. So because they could make money off of this, now they started poo-pooing and and shaming people, say, you know, you don't want that filthy midwife touching you, darling. I have all the latest instruments. I must be your obstetrician. Right? So the folks who could afford it paid these male doctors to help them in birth. Wow. And so this is also... Because when I... This is interesting. Why do I have an animal? anecdote for everything (laughs) (laughs) that's why you're the best podcast guest ever just this add chaos machine (laughs) (laughs) so because i and the last birth experience that i had Mm -hmm. i had a midwife a a nurse practitioner nurse midwife oh cool because I wanted to, I knew my third child was going to be my last child. And I had this experience. And she was the one who told me that during that time, this is when the uh, lithotomy position yes. to lay in the bed with the legs up for birthing had become invented because it was more convenient for the doctor. Yes. Because prior to that, it was common that a woman would squat Imagine and that. walk and eat. Yes. Imagine that. Lean against a tree. Right. Yes. Or the even way. Yeah, yes, you mean the way that your body was intended mm-hmm, to maneuver mm-hmm. for childbirth, but it was all set about uh, to change because it was more for the comfort of the doctor, and it was sold to the aristocrats that this was the more <sighs> cleanly way of doing it. So from this, it's healthcare goes male centric yes. in the in the practice, right? Yes, it's taken away from women. Yes, and it's taken away from the ages of um, knowledge. And 
and known benefits of certain ways of birth giving Natural, and care. Gravity, imagine right, that. Yes. right. Not to say that they didn't come up with some really great things. Sure, we wouldn't have you know so many of the advances, but mm-hmm. it it didn't have to be so brutal as the way it did. But right. also, it is the advent of a commercialized healthcare system. Yes, yeah, I, don't yeah, you I see? Yeah, yeah, treating it like so. a commodity. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Okay, it's, I brought it back around. Cool. Thank God. No, because, yeah, <laughs> and again, that reminds me of Call the Midwife. Yes, because very often these, you know, in the scenes when they're giving birth, very often they're literally squatting. Yes, you know, the nurse, the nurse midwife is on the floor. Uh-huh. You know, her elbows are kind of bent. And they're up not and, laying in the bed with their legs up. Uh, they're you know, leaning against they are, the bed. But but very often, right. it's it's the what we all I'm sure is the natural way. The, right. the squat. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so. Cool. And that neat, 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 yeah. neat. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, as as predicted, Massa, this is a huge topic. So I think yeah. we I think we should take a break here. Yeah. And uh, and we'll come back with a part two. I think that's fair. Yep. We'll give these guys a break. We sure are blessed with the gift of the gab, aren't we? <laughs> I, I did kiss the Blarney Stone. You did. You I did it. Did. I don't know where mine came from. It comes from the chaos machine. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to talk to you again. And I yes. can't wait to see how the listeners um, respond. And if you guys have any questions, yes. um, we would love to field those for you, too. Awesome. For sure. For sure. All right. Toodaloo. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Bye.